the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with Dr. Kizban Yaksi. Sokat. Did I say that right? Oh, yes. Awesome. Uh, She is an assistant professor of business analytics at San Jose State University and a research associate at the Mineta uh, Transportation Institute. And her research really focuses on using decision analytics and management science to alleviate human suffering in the areas of human trafficking, humanitarian, nonprofit logistics, and public health. Um, in collaboration with local, national, and international efforts, Dr. Yaksi Sokat leads on various multidisciplinary projects to combat human trafficking. Um, her efforts to combat trafficking have been supported and recognized uh, by the United States Department of Transportation, San Jose State University, and she received the IBM Public Impact Award for her work on human trafficking in global supply chain. Um, Dr. Uh, Yaksi Sokat also has served on several multidisciplinary committees to aid local and national collaboratives efforts as a recognized researcher. She's a chair of the Forced Labor Working Group and a member of the Analytics Working Group for the National Outreach Survey for Transportation under USDOT Combating Human Trafficking and Transportation Impact Award. She served on Cook County Human Trafficking Task Force Labor Trafficking Subcommittee, LA, LA Labor Trafficking Subcommittee, and South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking. And she's received her PhD in Industrial Engineering and Management Sciences from Northwest University and her Master's in Industrial Engineering and Health Systems Engineering from Georgia Institute of Technology with a Fulbright scholarship. So very impressive uh, experience here. And I'm so grateful to have you, uh, Dr. Kisbun, uh, with us today. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 
I am so, uh, I was so blessed to be able to meet with you. I think it was maybe six weeks ago. You know, the time is just blurring with, with the pandemic, but it was probably, it wasn't during the holidays and we met and talked and we did a survey that you were working on with San, San Jose State and uh, University and, uh, or San Jose University rather. And um, uh, I was really intrigued by so many of the things that you talked to me about as it relates to transportation and labor trafficking. And some of the analytics that are now coming, you know, to to that that people like yourself are bringing to bear to provide the community more insight as to how uh, trafficking is happening, the patterns, the movements, uh, the ways in which these trafficking transactions are occurring. And so I wanted to I you know, I was so excited when you accepted my invitation to come in and kind of share that out, because oftentimes we're talking about, um, uh, you know, trafficking from the standpoint of, you know, a, a survivor of, or a service provider. But we're not always looking at it from a strategic standpoint and saying, what are the patterns here? How are people moving in and out of the Bay Area? How can we intercept some of this activity and how can we capture the data that is needed in order to um, resource um, these agencies, resource this problem properly? And then, of course, I love the fact that you're focused on labor trafficking because labor trafficking is often overlooked in this discussion. And so I wanted to just first start off with asking you, um, uh, Dr. Yaxi Sokat, what uh, what got you started with this? Please, please uh, give us a little insight into your in your background with human trafficking. Sure. Um, I have always been interested in using an alt tech for social good. So when I had started initially, I had started with uh, infectious disease modeling like HIV. You know, how can I actually help with HIV? And then it started more on the Disaster. So once 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 there is a disaster, how we can actually use analytics to provide goods or like any resources to the people in need. And then later there was the Syrian refugee crisis. I am a Turkish national, so I wanted to actually have a part with the, that crisis. What happened after the Syrian refugee crisis was there was a lot of exploitation. There's a lot of labor exploitation that was going on around not just in Turkey, but in other areas as well. You know, I said, okay, what can I do? I was back then located in Tukanti, which is nationally well known for combating their efforts in combating human trafficking, especially in sex trafficking. So I got in touch with the sheriff's office, you know, to talk about, okay, how can I actually use my analytical skills to be able to help them whatever they have? So that is how I kind of got into, and the more that I talked with people, I got into the uh, labor trafficking subcommittee, the more that I got into talking with people, the more I was, you know, impressed by how much actually we can do using analytical skills to be able to help in this different aspects. And also having the background from the supply chain management, like logistics and everything, you know, how actually those pieces can also impact uh, the efforts. As you mentioned, most we are focused on the uh, victims, survivors, and like, you know, those efforts. But can we also look at in a different lens as a supply chain, also transportation with those efforts to complement 
complement some of the efforts that are being going on. So that's how I kind of came into the picture. I applied for a grant, U.S. Department of Transportation grant. Luckily, uh, graciously, that was accepted so that I was able to start my work looking more uh, proactively about understanding the role of uh, transportation in combating trafficking. And when I look at it, I look at it both transportation of people as well as transportation of the goods that are made by horses. Mm. So in both pieces. I wanted to focus on both of them together, you know. Wow, that is so awesome. And I it, that's just uh, n- hadn't even thought about focusing on the goods that are being, I mean, I've thought about it from the standpoint of, you know, slavery footprint and things like that, but not about the the actual moving of the goods, right, from one place to another. I've always thought about, okay, as a consumer, right, I have this, I have this water bottle. How was this water bottle manufactured? Who made the plastic? Who, who got the water? You know, who made the labels? Um, Were those people properly treated, right? That, that, those are the kinds of things that have come to my mind, but hadn't thought about how did, did somebody who did somebody take those water bottles from point A to point B that was potentially being trafficked? I mean, there's just so much uh, to think about this. And one of the tools, and we're going to talk about this, we're actually going to take a break, but you, you um, uh, put me on this new tool called knowthechain.org. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a geek data person. So I love this. Uh, very helpful and very disturbing at the same time. Um, so we're going to talk some more about this, this, you know, supply chain, um, you know, fair trade, um, the movement of products and people and how all of that, you know, translates into data that we can analyze and hopefully use for good. Okay, we're going to come right back. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Dr. Kesban Yaksi Sokat, who is an assistant professor of business analytics at San Jose State University and research associate at the Mineta Transportation Institute. She is highly regarded and engaged in 
um, conducting data analytics um, projects and has received many awards for doing that and specifically as it relates to research um, that it involves human suffering in the areas of human trafficking and humanitarian nonprofit logistics and public health. And so very excited to have you. Um, we were just kind of getting started on how you uh, started working on this. I was, I was looking, I just did a quick search about exploitation in Turkey and, and, it, you know, one of the things that Turkey is known for is textiles, right. And, um, hand, you know, uh, 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 just hand beautiful tapestries and and rugs and and um, even pottery pieces, right? And so, uh, in those industries is where a lot of this labor trafficking is occurring, right? So we're getting these beautiful pieces imported here, and how do we know that the pieces that we have um, are um, are fair trade? So, uh, actually. One of my studies that I had done, which is under review currently, looks at the um, uh, exploitation and trafficking, child labor, not just on the not just on the labor trafficking in the global supply chains, and looks at the past twenty years of data about any type of uh, this has uh, happened. And when I look at it specifically, of course, as being Turkish. Looked, I looked at also the, you know, what happened in Turkey. So around 2016 or so, there was a lot of exploitation news happening about textile with respect to the uh, Syrian refugee crisis, which is kind of expected. Mm-hmm. So um, the, for the specific of the Turkey that you're talking about, it is garment industry that is known for, you know, uh, for exploitation. On top of that, it's interesting that is also cotton is one of them, which for the geographic region, as this mm-hmm. it is, another one is the hazelnut, because Turkey actually is highly uh, regarded in the hazelnut production. It is more on the child labor, not necessarily exactly forced labor piece of it, but like it's another one that is known. And um, actually, some of the co- the chocolate companies try to do some corporate social responsibility efforts in that area. Also, ILAP, the International Labor Affairs Bureau of the United States, actually does, maybe you know, uh, looks at different countries and for the year risks for labor trafficking and child labor. So I was lucky to talk with the person who's responsible for Turkey from the United States, actually. And mm-hmm. how they work is they try to connect with the people in Turkey. And so they mentioned also... Uh, actually, uh, apricot, which I didn't know, honestly, mm. because I, I also I also communicate regularly with the people on the ground from Turkey, but apparently that was also one of the um, potential forced labor indicate uh, areas in Turkey. Wow! Wow! But and so these uh, industries. So this, uh, I'm a huge fan of hazelnut, and so um, just kind of making it more personal and chocolate, unfortunately. I'm just, it's just horrible. And so uh, just, you know, when we're talking about that for the listening audience, I have watched a couple documentaries on this and um, not in, in Turkey per se, but just um, the child labor that happens in those spaces where people, I, I saw uh, some horrific uh, just pictures 
of a children whose limbs had been chopped off with machetes because they're cutting down these cocoa, you know, cocoa um, trees and cutting down the, the fruit um, and, you know, accidentally chopping off a finger or an arm. And it's and they're out there with like barefoot with, you know, shorts on and a little, you know, dirty little shirt, just, you know, slaving away all day long, chopping down these cocoa um uh, being, uh, you know, this, the fruit from the tree. And uh, I don't know what you call it, but, um, but it's just a horrible sight. And it looks, you know, it's like, it's a tropical setting and everything. But if you can imagine being out in the heat, um, doing that for, you know, 12, 14 hours without protective gear, without lunch, without, you know, breaks, um, it's a, it's not a fun way to live. And, um, and so is it, do you know very much about that, the way that's done in Turkey? Is it very similar? Is the experience similar or is it? So is we it don't necessarily have much of the cocoa. It's in Turkey, it's more about the hazelnut. Okay, the hazelnut. So the hazelnut and the hazelnut spread that is being used, like, for example, I'm making it this up right now, Nutella. So, for example, Turkey is actually the main hazelnut provider for these big Ch- uh, chocolate spread companies, not necessarily ah, the, the, cocoa, the cocoa piece of it. And ah. the, the hazelnut, yet it's more like, you know, um, I'm making this up right now, but like 10 year old kids working in the farm with their parents to collect hazelnut. You know, I actually, my parents actually has hazelnut trees in, in Turkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Specific season that you need to collect it and harvest and it. Mm-hmm. it. Yes, harvest it. So yeah. it's kind of a different setting. Luckily, luckily, I mean, like you know, of course, it's still horrific, but like you know, a bit better setting than the the one that you are talking about is most likely Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana and like those African regions which have been known more for the uh, child labor issues with the chocolate production. Most likely, you are talking about those areas. So yeah. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, Turkey is, you know, not like that. Not doing it to that level. But but the idea is that people are not being paid uh, a fair wage uh, for working in those um, those uh, hazelnut farms is what I'm hearing you say. And so there's an issue or what you're really trying to do is kind of do some assessments as to, okay. This much hazelnut is coming into, let's say, the U.S. from Turkey. How do we make sure that this was this was farmed in the in the right ways? And and so, tell me about how you do that with your so, data analytics. Mm-hmm. So more actually, it's it's a bit different than what I was trying to do. Is like what I was trying to do is more this. I try to look at any type of. Um, there are multiple projects that I'm working on, but like this one specifically that I'm looking at is like I look at uh, the different type of allegations that might happen in the okay. different type of uh, industries, food and beverage, uh, textile and information communication technology. And for each of these types of whether it's child labor, whether it's uh, forced labor, modern slavery, those kind of things, how do these impact companies? So it is. Does, does it impact their operating income? Does it impact their sales? The reason behind this, this is once these type of allegations happen, potentially they are supposed to actually cut all those child labor 
uh, because of the due to the uh, different type of uh, actually regulations in the United States. For example, if there is any product that is coming in the United States that is known with forced labor, the United States has the right to detain that shipment and also like keep uh, and give fines. For example, last year in 2020, United States gave like um, around $600,000 fine to Pure Circle, a Chinese, you know, sh- sugar uh, production. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so the idea is that try to track any kind of, of these costs and incomes and like sales type of differences mm. for companies to be able to hopefully actually show them, you know what, this is not only bad. For it's not worth it. it. <laughs> yes, it's not worth it. You guys are losing money. So that actually you should look at it in your supply chains for your more transparency and solve it so that actually it's we are trying to find a better way, not only for the crime, but also for your operations. It's more yeah. to like, you know, hopefully, hopefully actually, you know, uh, encourage companies to do better also, not only for human rights, but also for their profits. You know, what is going to drive them? The profits, right? Most likely, of course, some of like, you know, us want to do responsible business, but, you know, money is what it is driving. So hopefully when we show the impact of the dollar signs, that is going to help the companies to be better in making those products. Does this make sense? It absolutely makes sense. You're, you're hitting them in the pocketbook, hitting them where it needs to be hit so that they rethink things. However, so when we come back, I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to push back or bring in the perspective of, uh, that, uh, quite frankly, that I've had uh, over the years and just asking myself um, when we uh, require accountability in whatever nation it is um, and a, a higher standard of life, um, does that eliminate that that community from ever gaining access to some kind of income? Because now the company will move, maybe move to another place where they can get away with certain behaviors and, and, you know, and so, so now, you know, maybe I move from Turkey, you know, to in doing my business to moving to another area to do my business. Um, and, and then now everybody, all the people that were being trafficked in Turkey have no source of income. And so how do we, how do we deal with that? All right, we're going to come back um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that question. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. 
Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are just having a great time talking with Dr. Yaxi Sokat, who, again, is the assistant professor at business of business analytics at San Jose State University and in, engaging in uh, decision analytics and management science to alleviate uh, human suffering, such as human trafficking. And so we are um, just we've just been talking about sort of just making it really practical for those of you who are listening in, you know, what does it look like, right, to um, try to stop the um, the labor trafficking from happening around different products that we might buy? And how does the, you know, at the state, at the country level, how are maybe fines applied to address this and kind of force uh, companies to take a look at some of their business practices? And my question was, um, you know, to Dr. Yos- uh, Yaxi Sokat is that, well, so so let's just say I, I go without scrutiny in one region and in another region, I'm highly scrutinized. What's, you know, w- w- is it is it better than nothing? Here's the question, right? The, the, the thousand the million dollar question is, is what people who are being labor trafficked getting? better than the nothing that they currently have. And um, I've often thought about this um, because many of the places where exploitation is happening, labor and sex, are places where people are extremely vulnerable and have very limited opportunities. What are your thoughts? So actually this issue had came around 2012 or so, I don't remember the exact year, but especially in India, when younger age uh, girls helping out their families with actually the textile industry. So the, when we ban the child labor, let's assume that what happens that, that that incomes is supposed to go out. So what is better? Do you help? As a, let's assume that I'm helping my parents with sewing some clothes. Is it better to be with them, help them with the economic power or we completely ban it? It goes somewhere else. And then what's going to happen? more exploitation, different types of exploitation. And another piece to this is that when I was looking at the research on company responses, how companies respond to the, this type of allegations, one of them is denying. Another one is, okay, we shut down operations in company X. Right. Or supplier X. Like very common, very common responses from the companies. Later in the, if you look at the later in the trends from how companies are responsive, that is actually not seen as a good example, as a company response, as the corporate social responsibility evolved more and more, more and more is, as an acceptable uh, practice is actually you first do an investigation and then try to cooperate with the corporation, put some, you know, more like, okay, um, uh, more, uh, what do you call that, monitoring, so that you actually work with that Yes. Actually, rather than shutting down the operation, you work with them, you try to help them improve. Of course, you cannot forever continue with the same company if they're not improving at all. But like you still have a middle ground to improve the operations so that you do not have unintended consequences. Like, yes. like, you know, um, 
what is going to happen if you don't do that other types of exploitation, potentially sex trafficking or like, you know, those kind of things. Exactly. So the beginning practices was that now, now it's more and more trying to, again, not everybody is doing this, but more responsible corporations are trying to actually work with, work with the uh, suppliers more on this to be able to, you know, uh, provide some, you know, um, directions on how to be better, taking yeah. care of employees, reducing the uh, the exploitation. However, I would have to tell you this: it's not just that simple. It's who has the bargaining power of the like you know making the price kind of also determines, right? Like you know, if you can actually this happens with the tomato farms, especially or strawberry picking a lot. Like if you do not agree, you want to increase the price one cent per pint you know how much you are losing versus how much exploitation that's going to happen in the entire tomato picking industry it's a question that should be taught carefully you know i know that is hard to for many of the uh, companies but like you know that one cent might change a lot actually on the exploitation piece if not trafficking i don't know if it makes sense it yeah. does and i i i i actually spoke at a comp at a event in Santa Clara County. And one of my taglines was, what can I give so that others can live? And it's all about um, thinking about, are you willing to pay a little bit more for that strawberry, bushel of strawberries or for that, whatever it is. Even like one of my examples was um, the, the minerals that are in our iPhones and that were being mined. I know that they've done a lot of work to clean this up, but at the time they were being mined by, you know, child slaves in the Congo. And, um, and, you know, here we are paying a thousand dollars for an iPhone or $1,100 for an iPhone. And if we would be willing to pay 1150, we might not have child trafficking in that, in that supply chain. And it's like some people are like, I'm not paying eleven fifty. It's like you're paying eleven hundred dollars for an iPhone or seven fifty for an iPhone. You mean you won't pay fifty more bucks one drive through at you know at McDonald's for you and the family? You won't pay that to make sure that children aren't being trafficked? Come on. And I think we, you know, it's it's really shocking actually when you talk to people and you see um, what the value system is. And unfortunately, our inability to um, kind of empathize with a African child or a Turkish child that is elsewhere. They're not my kids. They're not my nieces and nephews. They're not my grandkids, but they're somebody's. And, and they have worth and they have value and they deserve to be treated well. And so... <clears throat> It's an interesting, it, it really, there's a, there's a moral piece in here. And then there's this analytical piece about, I love that you said that they've shifted because someone who just wants to pull out that to me is like, I was only here because the price was cheap, right? I was only utilizing this factory and these people because I wasn't paying them anything. And I, you know, I was getting over on them. Now that I can't get over on them anymore, I'm going to move somewhere else. Well, no, that's not a good solution, right? We got to stay here. And uh, and there is actually, yeah. mathematically speaking, you can actually make the, literally, you can actually make the break-even point analysis 
with the, like, you know, looking at how much it costs, how much you want to pay and everything. Of course, it goes into the uh, transparency. You know, not everybody will share their prices. Not everybody will try to, you know, help you with that. But it can be done. Mathematically, it can be done, actually, like, you know, to see how much you want to pay to, of course, as much as eliminate, you know, uh, child labor or child labor, for, traffic, for labor, labor trafficking mm-hmm. from the supply chains. Wow. 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 Well, so when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about transportation and some of the things that you have been studying about some of the patterns uh, around trafficking and transportation. And so we are going to take a quick break and we will come back. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Dr. Kesman Yaksi Sokat, and we're just having a great discussion about labor trafficking and, you know, supply chain fair trade, labor, uh, uh, forced labor, child labor, these topics that are um, often not talked about. And, um, you know, it is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and we want to shed light on the things that are happening here, even in the U.S., right under our noses. These are not just things that are happening somewhere else. Um, Today, uh, there are there are instances of trafficking going on in and in, uh, in, in nail salons and beauty parlors, and there are people selling fruit on the side of the road. There are products that are being sold at uh, various businesses, and there's a whole kind of chain of labor trafficking that's happening. And I wanted to bring in transportation as part of that discussion. And so you really helped earlier me to see that. Transportation is not just transporting the people, but the products. And so tell me more about that. How does that work? So um, uh, if you are asking about the transportation of the goods or the transportation of the people, so like the transportation, when I look at it, I look at it as a two piece. You yeah. know, when, when you look at it most of the time, it's like, like okay, I use this train, I use this bus, or I use this airplane or cab, whatever, to go from point A to point B, right? Like, right. you know, you can think about that. Also, you can think about, okay, so transportation, 
we, we can use air cargo, we can use like trucks or we can use like the ships to be able to bring up the goods that are produced somewhere. Either if produced outside of the U.S. or inside of the U.S., but like, you know, uh, transported the point A to point B, you know. So there are both pieces that transportation can help when we are tracking for human trafficking or labor trafficking, you know. So for the piece of the human, transportation of human, uh, we especially let's talk about California, you know, since we are already uh, talking about the, the different local trends. So how is transportation used in California for both sex trafficking or like labor trafficking? You know, most common ways actually that you can see once depending on the type of the actually victim, whether international versus domestic victim. We see a lot of a lot of circular trafficking in California as a route of like, you know, victims for this is actually both for labor trafficking and, and also sex trafficking. The from north to south, if it is sex trafficking to Vegas, and then come back. You know, that's a very particular route that is used. For labor trafficking piece, for example, if it is a farm, farm labor trafficking, then you move, most commonly used one is vents, actually. The, according to my study, you use vents to, you know, or buses to actually transport people from one location to another, you know, once you finished you know, picking at some place to the another one, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on top of that, there is also like this international piece. If it is, we have like have internationals coming in, let's say most likely it's airplane, and then they are transported to different places. In California, LA is actually very common. LA and San Francisco are kind of the hubs, but LA is very common to have uh, people coming outside then distributed all over to California and other places in the country to, you know, uh, for different type of work. We mentioned nail salons. It's a very big, actually, hub to have that network, you know, to be able to, or, or massage parlors, you know, from the labor trafficking piece of it. For sex trafficking, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, right. honestly. Like, you know. So for the transportation of the goods, California, again, is very interesting because we have the, the, the ports, Right. Like, you know, that's coming in. And um, so by that way, we can actually track forced labor, anything coming in with forced labor made by forced labor. The another one interesting is actually seafood supply chains. You know, when we are looking specifically for the California uh, is actually is Santa Clara. Santa Clara, Costco had this actually uh, in mm. 2017, if I don't remember wrong, like, you know, goods being transported here with uh, uh, seafood supply chain with forced labor. At issue, mm-hmm. there was actually a lawsuit, you know, around it. Other, mm-hmm. again, what, the reason why we're talking California is California has a very specific act, California Transparency and Supply Chain Act. It's the first of its kind in the world, which is trying to look at uh, supply chains and transportation of the goods made by forced labor. Again, it's the first of its kind in the entire uh, uh, the globe, which kind of actually give other uh, countries intuition. Like in 2015, UK had Modern Slavery Act, 2018, uh, Australia, 2021, Germany had it. 
And then 2021, in December, actually, U.S. had this Uyghur forced, law, uh, forced labor act also, like, you know, anything coming in, you know, how does it happen? Because we are such a huge transportation hub with the airline, the, the seaport and everything, we are supposed to, I mean, we meaning the CB, uh, CBP, Custom Border Protection, is supposed to monitor everything that's coming on with potential forced labor and then track it and then detain or, you know, at least at least have an investigation about it. And I will tell you this, in the past two years, the number of withhold release holder, which is basically they have like this kind of uh, list of what is coming out out of United States with potentially have forced labor. It's increased so much. There has been hundreds of reports compared wow. to the history of almost non-existent, like over the years. Like, and do you think that's because people are more aware or that one it's of the reason definitely, Yes, one of the reasons is definitely because people are more aware, especially with the increased number of legislation going on around the uh, globe. People are more aware, but also U.S. actually is being more proactive in especially towards the certain countries for tracking forced labor and like uh, to see. Yeah, this is awesome. There is more, but also, you know, there is uh, more uh, activity going on from to to prevent, to prevent the transportation of goods with the forced labor. So the way that this works then is that some uh, products will come in um, to one of the ports and then there's a report that's written. Um, and um, I'm not familiar with the terminology, but I'm thinking like in the financial FinCEN world, there's a suspicious activity report, a SARS. So it's something like that, right? A SARS <laughs> report of some kind. WRO. And, and it go, what is it called? WRO. With okay. Okay, good. So I always like to know the terminology. So, so they, so they file that report and then, then that is really used to obviously respond to that issue, but also to kind of look at the correlation of all these different products coming in. And do we find that there's gangs behind any of this activity or is this, you know, are these all just kind of isolated reports that of people that are just acting independently? Is it organized? What's happening there? So the number of the reports have increased significantly in 2020. And you can think about it, what potential issues that might be. Multiple of them are actually related to medical products. With, mm. with the COVID-19, there was multiple issues with regards to the medical uh, gloves and stuff coming out from especially wow. China. China, yes, with the forced labor. There was a lot, there was multiple of those that's coming on. And honestly, U.S. also being kind of a bit intentional about uh, these issues. Mexico, like there are certain regions that are more, you know, high risk in the category. So China is one of them. Mexico, there is also an agreement with one of them. So with that specific region, Yanks might be you know, it might be, but I have not seen honestly the the breakdown of it. The, I, tried to, I tried to get my hands on the data. I called them. Yeah. The, the oh of yeah. The well, you let me know when we get our hands on that juicy data. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw such geek geeks here. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Want to see the data? But it's it's uh 
it's interesting because, you know, you can look for patterns and hopefully translate those that data into something that is tangibly, tangibly felt by the survivors that are being uh, the, the trafficked individuals that are are being harmed in this in this supply chain. So we're going to have to take a break. We're going to come back with um, just giving the listening audience an opportunity to learn how they can connect with you and learn more. I'm going to share some of the links that uh, you shared with me so kindly uh, so that people can geek out if they want to. But we'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to you, Love Never Fails Radio. We have had just an awesome time with you, uh, Dr. Yaxi Soka. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having your fun as well. Yeah. And so if people want to learn more about what you're doing, your work, how can they get in touch with you? Or is there anything that you'd like them to know? So uh, I'm happy to have them to our website. I'm a research associate at the MTI, Mineta Transportation uh, Institute. So it's a great resource for them if they would like to know more about different type of transportation, you know, how it helps. I'm actually giving a webinar on the uh, 27th about like at the Mineta Transportation Institute of how transportation can help combating human trafficking. Uh, and then also I'm talking at LA Metro with LA Metro actually also as well with uh, Los Angeles, you know, uh, as a keynote speaker. Again, how transportation can help that is on the 26th. So as part of the, you know, January uh, Awareness Month activities, you know, and then um, please feel free to sh- uh, reach out to me via email as well. Like it's, I'm not going to try to give it, my name is long, tricky, so like, but Kesban. Uh, at San Jose State by Edu. Please, please feel free to reach out to me. And again, in I try to help the organizations, of course, voluntarily, uh, to analyze their data or like to help with what what can data tell to them, like you know, to for their own operations or they predicting their future. So, if they need any type of you know data insights or analysis i'm really happy to help them you know with my uh power that's kind of you know what i can do as a uh not only 
as a researcher as well as a human being in this space, how I can help out with my, you know, abilities. So if they need me, please feel free to reach out to me. I will be more than happy to help out with that regard. And, um, and sure. As for the resources, uh, I know that you want to talk about it. I will. You should do it. No, you tell it because it's your resources. It's a wonderful stuff you've given me, please. Sure. I mean, like there are multiple things, but like I wanted to mention that. So I love, I love, love know the chain. So because they actually rank and rate different types of companies for first, they bring their supply chains and you can actually break it down to the different type of issues. When we talk about corporate social responsibility, most people think about environment. Yes, we should be responsible to the environment. But we should also be responsible to each other. We should be responsible to community, to people. So I like that, like, actually, you know, the chain looks at, like, how we are, I mean, how a company is treating their, their uh, excuse me, employees. And employees. If, if anything happens, if anything happens, what are the remediation strategies for that employee, for that specific situation? So they look at it for the different uh, industries, like apparel, um, food, average information, communication, technology, and then they do it every two years as an update so you can see over the time. Another resource that I want to mention is actually BSR. So that is very also, um, I put the, also for your own good, I put the link here. So it is looking at um, literally about like different type of uh, globally, globally uh, responsible businesses. You know, and it gives us ideas about what to look for for the consumers as well, not only for the businesses, but also consumers. What you can do, like, you know, to combat human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Ethical trading initiative is another resource that I really love, you know, for very good to learn about, both as a consumer as well as also business to learn combat human trafficking in the supply chains. Like, I would mention those three resources that I really like, you know. Awesome. And also... There is actually a U.S. Department of Labor has called Blind Chain for businesses also. It's a specific app for the uh, developed by the uh, and used by the United States for to track um, um, potential forced labor in the supply chains. This is awesome. So there you have it. Um, several resources that are available to you to start to dig into what the data is telling us. Uh, the one, the BSR, the title of uh this article I'm looking at is called Forced Labor and Human Trafficking for Regulatory and Legislative Trends Businesses Should Watch. And so there's things like that that you could Google or, um, you know, as as she mentioned, uh, knowthechain.org um, is a benchmarking tool for uh, for companies. So check that out. Uh, we are going to have to come to a close pretty quickly here. Before we do, I want to let you know we have opened up our new cohort for IT Biz, which is our 35 week um, uh, IT Academy, and it is starting on February 8th, and it is going to be 35 weeks there. If you're living in Hayward, there's financial incentives for every cert that you pass. Um, it's AWS, it's Cisco, it's Microsoft, it's CompTIA A plus a training free to you, and it's over Zoom. Uh, just really an amazing opportunity. And then many of the people are going on to work for uh, companies throughout the Bay Area in sustainable jobs. Yes, sustainable jobs. 
Sign up today at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash IT biz. www.loveneverfailsus.com forward slash IT biz. Okay. Got a wrap for the day. Of course, I want to make sure I say thank you so much again to our guests. And if you haven't heard it before, if you need to hear it again, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.